What is good, everyone, and welcome back to the Nostalgia Plus Ultra podcast. My name is Nostalgia. Joining me is As Told by Zoe. What's good, my guy? What's up? Hey, man, welcome to episode 40. It is uh, crazy to think about the fact that we've made 40 of these things already. Um, but yeah, like it's just it's been a pretty cool, pretty cool experience for the both of us. And so here's to you know maybe 40 more. Maybe we get that that 50 mark is gonna be a pretty cool achievement, depending on how we how everything kind of shakes out. But oh yeah, uh, that was kind of where we thought we were gonna go. Like we're, just, I remember when you talked about it. We we're like, yeah, uh, once we get to 50 episodes, we'll figure out where we're gonna go from there. So we got we got 10 left. Yeah. And so uh, it's been it's been pretty cool. Um, it is now uh, DreamCon prep week. As of when this episode comes out, DreamCon will be in, what, three days? Yeah. Four, we leave, we four leave days. Yeah, we, leave, we leave Thursday. We, leave, we get there Thursday, uh, and then DreamCon starts on that Friday. So it's going to be I'm, – I'm super excited for it, and I know you are too, Zoe. It's just been um, – talk about before we start recording. The, the prep time, it goes into – you know, packing and getting everything together. And I still haven't really, we still haven't really like looked at, into getting some kind of like itinerary or anything we're going to do, but. Yeah, we'll figure it out when we get there. Yeah. I'm not really a big, itin- like, well, I am an itinerary person, but like the way me and you operate, when we go someplace, it's always just like, oh, you want to do this? It's like, okay, yeah, let's just go do this. <laughs> yeah. Um, But yeah, so it's just been, it's, it's a really cool experience that we're, gonna go on we've already like listed off what we're gonna try to go do the panels we want to see and the stuff we're trying to go like experience or whatever i know uh i know you do you were excited about that tabletop uh, rpg experience yeah that was a that surprise when you, when you showed me they were doing something like that yeah it's like it's i mean i don't know i think what one thing that i think DreamCon is doing and obviously me and you don't go to many conventions anyway so we could just be this could be just like a random like thought that just kind of goes by the wayside, but it's cool how like they're trying, they're implementing all different types of nerd culture. And most of it's, you know, it's going to be black nerd culture yeah. for the most part, but especially cause this like table tabletop thing is mostly um, like the, I don't know how you call it, like the basis for it, I guess, or that tabletop experience is mostly based off of hip hop and rap culture, which I think is really cool. Um, them developing some kind of like, uh, Dungeons and Dragons setup um, for that, which I think is really cool. So I think they're, they're doing a great job to just look into the panels of reaching out to all different facets of black nerd culture or just people of color, nerd, POC nerd culture and all that kind of stuff. Because obviously it's not going to just be black people there, um, but it's going to be a large majority, which I think is yeah. really cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then they also have, you know, this other stuff, the random panels that we've, we looked at, they were like, huh, I'm not, I don't know if we'd go to it, but it looks interesting is like the, I think it was like one where it was like kind of centered around like Mob Psycho, where they teach people better social skills, which I think is a great, a great idea for a panel. Like, I think that's a really good idea for a panel. Like, they should do, they should do that at just any convention. <laughs> no, literally. Uh, <laughs> but I do think. It's probably a, it would, would have been, my only gripe about that panel is probably it should have been on a Friday and not a Saturday. <laughs> yeah, sure. Like maybe the first, like first day of the con, like 
you'd have a panel about social skills because you're going to be there with there's so many people that are going to this convention so yeah it's you know different people from everywhere different you know personalities and stuff they're going to be you know people that have better social skills than others i think probably having that <laughs> that panel on a friday the first day of the convention would probably be the better option but hey you know regardless the, the that panel looks pretty funny mm-hmm. pretty great so but yeah so uh, we're gonna try. I wanna, you know how I, so how I made that um, that video with me and you and like the rest of the group went to Disney or whatever or went to Orlando. Yeah. yeah. I wanna try to do the same thing with like the DreamCon trip. I yeah. think I ran, already ran it by you before, but uh, try to maybe do like two separate ones. Like maybe even turn one into like a vlog. Like if we have enough footage of just what we go do, and then obviously I'll take the little the the iPhone camera I got or whatever we were looking like and just, I can make that same kind of video, video story picture, the uh, video, the story thing that I've been doing for a long time. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, so super excited about that. So yeah, it's going to be fun with the summer season coming up. Um, I was furiously texting Zoe to watch some of these shows that I was, uh, I was on for the summer season so far. And um, I don't know if you've fully caught up, with with all of them, but um, I know I told you to watch Undead Girl Undead Girl Murder Farce. Did you? How many episodes did you watch of that? I I did not get around to watching it. Okay, I was a little too enthralled. I'm so close to beating Final Fantasy 16. Oh really? Yeah. Um, but I am caught up with Zom 100 and uh, and JJK. Okay, so I'm not gonna get into my I guess. Well, I mean, I could, but get into my theory yet. But I was, uh, if you think back to the last episode when I talked about uh, that show, Undead Girl, Murder, Undead Girl Murder Farce, I mentioned that it could potentially be a situation where Sherlock Holmes and Moriarty show up in the show. Yeah. And and while they're not, like, I didn't see them. It's been three episodes so far. While I did not see them, they are mentioned and I'm pretty sure they make cameos in the OP, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, that's cool. Like, you know, you know how you, you can like see, you can see an iteration of a character. So for like so many different iterations of a character, you kind of just already know that what that character is supposed to look like. Yeah. And you can kind of already tell. What, that's how I feel with this. Like, you see him pop up for like two seconds in, at least Sherlock Holmes do, does. You see him pop up for like two seconds in the OP. And when I f- watched the first episode and I saw like the Big Ben Tower and then I saw him, that character, and I go, that looks just like Sherlock Holmes and Watson. Like I just does it just kind of looks like that's what they would look like in the show. Sure. I guess. And then uh basically the whole show is like a detective show, like a supernatural detective show. So you basically get the main character and that severed head lady basically traveling through Europe to uh solve crimes solve murders detective cases of the supernatural because in this timeline i guess like monsters still exist uh and other stuff like that so i guess in this most recent two episodes they've been solving a case involving vampires in france so like you know there's mentions of there's mentions of count dracula you know and there's other stuff like that and then one of the vampires while like the lady's doing her like deductive logical reasoning bit where like she asks everybody's alibi and she's put piecing together stuff 
uh, one of the vampires goes, oh, you remind me of that one detective from Eastern Europe. And then he's like, well, uh, then he's like, says the name wrong. And then she goes, oh, you're talking about Sherlock Holmes? I am, I'm a fan of his. I'm not, no, I'm not nearly as good, but thank you for the compliment. Something like that. Sure. And I was like, oh yeah, he's definitely going to be in the show. <laughs> That's fire. But yeah, the, uh, the show's going to be, I think the show's going to be pretty good. Um, I'm a big fan of mystery and detective shows anyway. Uh, so I think this is just kind of really up my alley. Um, but yeah, moving towards our favorite show of the season so far, which is Zom 100. Yeah, bro. <laughs> it's so good, man. It's been, it hasn't missed three. It's been three for three so far on episodes. I, I, I'm so ready for them to be a squad. Yeah, me too. It's just like the, um, just the dynamic, the dynamic of the f- the first girl you meet. Because I, f- I don't know if they mentioned her name at all, but I think I, it's really cool. I don't rem- I don't remember if they they said her name. Yeah, I don't remember either. But uh, I think it's really cool that the the parallels between her and uh, Akira. Yeah. Because it's like he goes down this list. He, first off, I think it's funny how he only wrote like 30 things down on his list. Cause obviously he has like, it, obviously I feel like as the, the season goes along, he'll write more. He's going to keep adding stuff to the list that he didn't get a chance to do or whatever. I think it's really cool. The notebook is like, Oh yeah. A hundred things to do before I become a zombie. Right. And, and you're like, 30. okay, yeah. Like yeah. he, he kind of accepts the fact that, you know, death is pretty imminent in a zombie apocalypse. Cause everybody around him's dying like the the couple he meets in the second episode when he he's like i think the i don't know i think they do that they do humor really well in this in this uh show yeah, yeah they do because it's just like he you, you you take him this like happy-go-lucky guy he's just super happy to be off of work and not have to work at all and he's like yeah i'm just gonna get drunk i'm gonna day drink all day and watch movies because and then he's like, oh, I'm going to – so I can't really get to the convenience store. By easy means, I got to climb down the staircase because they're blocking the stairs. And then you get this one couple who's, like, freaking out, like everybody else. It's in like a apocalypse. super dramatic, like, yeah. conversation. And then he's, he and Akira pops up on the side. It's really funny. Yeah, it's so funny. Um, and then, yeah, so then obviously you meet, like, the, the girl. And, and then you see her – situation and it's basically she has this has an excel spreadsheet that says a hundred things a hundred things not to do in a zombie apocalypse or something like that or a hundred ways to survive a a zombie apocalypse it's like drink water eliminate sugar intake exercise regularly uh keep mental health intact (laughs) the uh wasn't the 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 last line of the episode, didn't they say the same thing? It was like the same thing on their list. Oh, what was it? I forgot, oh. but I, I remember the way they end episodes in this show is so sick. Yeah. I think for Akira, I think the, the last one was like meet the girl of your dreams or something like that. I don't know if meet the, I think because what happened was uh, you flash to her and you see yeah. the events of the second episode from her perspective. And you see, uh, I think she has some, something happens with like she sees the she sees the the cupcakes on the thing, and then she lists off uh, 
like your sugar intake should be low. And then she thinks back to how she wanted, she probably should have just went ahead and grabbed the the cupcakes because, you know, she's, you know, it's almost the end of the world anyway. What does it matter, you know? Yeah. Um, and then episode three. But. Episode three. Yeah. Kencho's really cool. Yeah, I think he, I think I didn't, I, one thing when I was watching, I thought it was going to be a situation where it was like a found, like a found family situation, I guess, where like all four characters are new to each other is what I thought was going to happen. But having the new guy be a good friend of uh, Akira of Akira was pretty cool. It was a pretty cool touch. Yeah. I thought since he in, Oh my God. Do you hear my cat? I do. <laughs> Hold up. Give me, give me one second. Mochi, what's your problem, man? Okay, she's just in here now. I don't know what. Um, she's wanted to come in. Yeah. So in in the opening, the other guy in the group has blonde hair. So I guess spoilers yeah. for anyone who hasn't seen the show yet. Just the whole episode, I thought, I thought, oh, Kencho's gonna die. <laughs> Because he, because <laughs> okay. he doesn't have blonde hair. Yeah, like he, you see, like the hairstyle, and then when it goes to Kendo, I was like, oh, is that just, is that just somebody else that looks like the the character, and maybe they meet each other. He meets like another guy that looks like Kendo, I guess. But I, I don't know. I thought I thought he was. I definitely thought he was gonna die because when he didn't want to jump across buildings. Yeah, and he like stopped, and I go. <laughs> I was like, it's because it would have kept going with my 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 thing about this show where it shows uh, Akira loving life, but also having to come back to reality a lot of the time because people are li- literally dying in front of him. How close yeah, is Moji to your microphone, by the way? You have anything to say about that? <laughs> <laughs> She's being so <laughs> weird right now. Oh my god! But uh, if you see the outro of the show, the blonde guy gets naked a lot, and apparently that's Kencho's thing. So, oh my god! Yeah, I know because he got <laughs> dog was jumping across buildings, and then just gets ass naked in midair. And I go, "What are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing?" And then he scraped his balls. Oh my god! <laughs> Bruh, is that just gonna be a running joke where he just gets butt ass naked the entire show? Yeah, but I think it isn't sexual. It's more of just like that's his joke. That's his stick, yeah. Which is better than uh Tamaki from Fire Force. <laughs> I feel I feel bad. Yeah, I feel bad saying that, but yes, it is. I think I love it, Fire Force. But Tamaki is just, it's not, it's not funny, man. No, I think it's a read the room thing for me. I think we've talked about this before. It's a more of a read the room situation and the, the tone of the show. Because when you like think about Zom 100, it's supposed to be like a fun show with a lot of comedy that ju- that's like juxtaposing 
the death and all that, all like the real dark stuff that comes with a zombie apocalypse. That's what it's supposed to do, I guess. Because like you, you look at the like the aesthetic of the show and the colors, like like zombies have random splotches of like blue, red, and green on them all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then like everywhere else, it's like just really super colorful and joyful. And then there's a lot of comedy elements along with it. So it's not supposed to be taken super seriously. So a character getting ass naked all the time makes sense. I mean, it makes sense within the framework of the comedy elements or whatever. You look at like Tamaki on Fire Force and it's like a situation where she's in a life or death fight in the ether and steps on a, a railroad track and then become and almost gets near naked for no reason, you know? But also when Kencho gets naked, he's like, ha when Tamaki gets naked, she's like, she doesn't like it. So then there's another layer of like, Whoa. yeah, it's like, it's like, oh my God, how is this happening to me again? It's like, oh yeah. my God, dude. <laughs> but yeah, she's been, so- yeah. Zom um, One Hundred is is great, and I I had I have high hopes for the rest of the season. Yeah, one thing I do like about the show is their like use of um, aspect ratio in a lot of their mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, because you see with um, when you look at anybody that's in a situation where it's just them, right? Or when it, if it's even the characters that aren't involved in the main plot. It's always that movie style aspect ratio. And then once there's multiple characters in a scene or something that's pivotal to that character happens, it goes from that movie style aspect ratio to like the full screen. Like aspect ratio. Like there's no bars under it. Yeah. I thought that was really, really cool. And then you get the girl's perspective. Where, because I think if I'm not mistaken, when Akira meets her, it's the full aspect ratio. There's no bars. Yeah. And then when you get to her retelling of the story, it goes back to that movie element. And I think it's like that the use of that aspect ratio is like pretty multi layered, mm-hmm. I think. Because in her eyes, in her eyes, she takes everything very seriously and rigid and also talks about how certain things for zombie apocalypse happen in a movie. Like that's yeah. oh this is what uh, I guess this stuff in a movie is, actually does happen. Stuff like that. And then, you know, she sees, you know, the world very just like strict and rigid and this is how it's supposed to happen and boom 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 as opposed to you know, Akira who's like I'm just going to f- drink beer. I'm I'm not going to look for water sources or electricity sources. I'm not going to check my surroundings all the time. I'm just gonna go stock up on beer. Yeah, you know. So I think that'll play into, I guess, the different character dynamics. I guess, which I think is really cool. Just like use, using that kind of um, form of, I guess, storytelling, it just through the production level. I think that's really cool. Also, did the host, like the host, the first host you see in the episode? It's he are he and the little girl alive now? Because of Akira? Uh in the beginning of the episode when they're fighting and it's like a host club. I'm like, "Oh shit, I I know I know what that is because of Yakuza." And then they show the arches and I'm like, 
that's that's Kamurocho, but it's it's really called Shinjuku in real life. But I did. I was like, oh, yeah, I know yeah, that. Yeah, I know yeah. it. <laughs> so you did the like the Leo, the Leo pointing meme. Just like, oh, I know what that is. Um, but yeah, it was a a cool touch to see them to see like a different, I guess, group of people uh, go for this, like go go about this a zombie apocalypse thing that's going on in the world of the, that the, that show. I don't think they're gonna come back. They might like it. Might be a situation where maybe uh, one of the characters gets in trouble. And that that guy with the blonde hair and the red whatever, I think he might show up for a second. I thought for a second that the ho- the club the host club owner, I thought he was gonna end up be like changing his doing something and end up looking like Buddy over there, uh, the, uh, looking like Kendo. Yeah, that was my first thought. Was oh he's got the blonde hair. Uh, I think it'll be it's probably gonna end up being him that joins the group. Yeah, that, that's what and I thought too. Obviously, you see Kendo. Yeah, obviously see Kendo or whatever, and then that changes. But, but yeah, I think that was a cool uh, addition. This show is just gonna be. I hope it continues to be as good as it's been so far. I think it's gonna be awesome. Um, I hope. I hope a blonde girl is a good character and not just boobs. From what I true from what I, that's very true from what i saw about the overall cast of characters i think i think i said this last episode i think she's supposed to be either european or american and is i i saw interested she's in japanese culture she's german that's what i saw german so she's german but she's, she's like very she's a weeb. japanese culture yeah she's a weeb yes yes <laughs> so i hope that's that'll probably be part of the comedy element of her character or whatever. I, I really hope that the meet the girl in my dreams thing that Akira wrote down does not apply to her. <laughs> I don't know why. To, I hope it doesn't apply to her. Apply to the the blonde girl? Yeah. I bet here's the thing. You you can't here's the one thing the one bad thing about anime, I would say. You can't expect them not to make like a sex joke at least once sometimes they hit sometimes sometimes they're good sometimes it's fine and and in a show like this they're all adults and you know we've already been inside yeah. a um a fucking uh, a host club and and the girl from the job was sleeping with the boss so like there are some adult themes so it won't be weird you know uh but yeah, I like, think even I like think Endgame when we see when we see Kendo. Oh yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, no, no, no. Oh shit, yeah. When you, he has a, a zombie tied up and and she's naked. Yeah. But I think Endgame is definitely gonna be the first girl. Yeah, because she's the typical that... like like oh he's so annoying, you know. Yeah, like the very like the brooding serious character that is gonna take some time to like break out of her shell. And then like obviously you see what the end not end goal, but like the like the full circle moment is gonna look like in the in the ending credits. Where like all four of them are like hanging out together and obviously you see the first girl's like reaction to 
having people in her life because she's so used to being alone and she's so used to being yeah. on her own and doing things her way. And then she meets the other three, these three goofballs that do whatever they want to do. And she finally like tacks on with them and she becomes a lot more of a free spirit type, you know, you can kind of see it coming a mile away, but it still does. It still makes for good, good storytelling regardless, depending on the execution. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, you know what? I think definitely since Kencho, since Kencho is a, he's a, he's a host. I think, I think blonde girl will be his deal. You know, maybe, maybe, We'll see. Cause I think it's it's gonna be obviously they're gonna have some sort of like first meet, like some kind of adult, you know, innuendo joke. Her something, her, something might fly. I get her her boobs are drawn way too big for to them not. not to acknowledge it. You know? Yeah. yeah. Animated animators don't do that by mistake. They really don't, especially not Japanese animators. Exactly. Oh boy, but um, but yeah. So I'm super excited about that. Did you watch um? Besides Zom 100, were there other shows you you try to ca- catch up with? JJK. I'm I'm intrigued. How many episodes you've seen so far? And I think I I didn't see this week's. I saw the first two. Okay. Mochi. She's being a menace right now. Oh, my God. Mochi, get out. Get out. You dropped my freaking PS5 controller. Um, I still have my mic. But, yeah. Uh... I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I just want to know what the hell happens in JJK. So, okay. So I, me personally, I'm waiting for the episodes to build up before I start watching. Uh, and obviously I've talked about it on the, on the podcast a few times. I'm a, I'm a manga reader and the manga reader variety. Uh, definitely have, I'm way caught up with, with everything that's happening so far in JJK and it's been a great ride. So getting to see this, this arc and the Shibuya arc coming out for anime only has definitely been something that's been giving me some entertainment because y'all's reactions are kind of the similar ones I had when I was reading it for the first time. Um, so you said you watched the first two episodes. What has happened so far? So I make sure I can get a reference. So first episode, they introduce you. It starts off with two girls that, that you've never seen. And then uh, Ghetto and... Uh, and Gojo come after the house gets destroyed. And then it kind of just introduces you to the whole class. Um, you kind of see that Ghetto and and Gojo, it's not just kind of like a friendly rivalry. It's more like, like they kind of go at each other's throats. Uh, yeah. Then it's introduced that they have to protect, they have to protect the girl because the old guy it's here's 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 my biggest thing i don't remember certain words when i watch it subbed which is why i'm kind of more partial to dub 
dub, I remember more things. I just yeah. know that there's an old guy and he has to transfer his soul into a new body, but there's only one body that's compatible every thousand years or something like that. And it's little girls, so they have to protect the girl. And um, But yeah, so we're back. Uh, random technical difficulty thing. But I think to answer your question, because I think I remember you saying about, what was it about um, not knowing all the the what was going on essentially all the, the all the all the not no i know what's going on it's it's i forget the specific phrases and names for these things okay so the old guy you mentioned his name is tengen i can't remember he's he's not necessarily like a cursed spirit but he's essentially like kind of close to it but not really and he's kind of like god essentially kind of mm-hmm. um <clears throat> and so you were kind of you're right with that, basically, he every thousand years he needs a new uh, body to, I guess, to take in so he can retain his form, his current form. Um, so, with that being said, what they do is every thousand years, somebody randomly gets chosen, and they are called a star plasma vessel. Mm-hmm. And the star, what the star plasma vessel is chosen by at random and they are to be brought to Tengen and no, and they, they are under the assumption that they probably will die because once they, once Tengen takes their body in, they, they become Tengen. So obviously they don't have their life anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so when they choose, I forgot the girl's name. So they choose her right to be mm-hmm. the star plasma vessel. Uh, that's, she, that, that's her thing. So now Gojo and Ghetto have to go, uh, protect her because I don't know if you've gotten this far yet, but there's a there's a a cult. There's a couple. There's a cult and a, uh, there's like two different groups vying for possession of the Star Plasma vessel. There's a cult that follows Tengen, and then there's another group that's in also involved that I can't remember their what they do. What what I saw was uh how the first episode ends is there they get to the building where the girl is and then uh they're on the phone because gojo's outside and ghetto's like oh you should be less cocky this and that blah blah and then boom building explodes ghetto sees the girl falling so she has to save he has to save her and then someone uh surprises gojo and it's one of the cult members and they're like oh you're whatever and then they start off a big fight yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, from the clips I've seen, they they're doing a phenomenal job with the adaptation for real. Um, and it's gonna be uh, hopefully when you meet, like when you see when you when Toji first makes his appearance, and he does his whatever. Like it's actually really cool. Um, uh, oh, that's right. That's right. They the I well, Toji Toji Fushiguro is that mm-hmm. his name? Yeah. Okay. They they. That's how the first episode ends. It's fucking, oh, that's not my name anymore. It's I'm yeah, taking yeah, yeah. my wife's name or my mom's name, Fushiguro. Yeah. And then everyone's like, whoa. Yeah, yeah. Because they do, they do say his his what his last name originally was. They do right. Yes. Yes. Okay. And he's like, but that's no, I'm taking my wife's name. Yeah. And so that's a huge. Is that his? That's his dad. To my Megami. Yeah, they they I think I don't know if they did it in the 
in that, but I think in that scene they mentioned that he had a son, right? Yeah, but they didn't. They didn't. Uh, I think say it was Megumi, right? Yeah, but I think they're meant to tell. They're meant to like. They're meant to uh, kind of imply that that's his dad. Because I think I remember when when Megumi was introduced in early on, and you talk about <clears throat> you talk about. Uh, like uh, Megami as a person or whatever, they talk about how he has a relation to the Zenin clan because yeah. of his technique or whatever. So like they kind of, that's kind of like a implied relationship. So I think they're supposed to imply that that's Megami's dad. My without, dumbass. Without trying to give too much f- away. <laughs> My dumbass first thought, is that his brother? And then I was like, wait, <laughs> if his brother changed his last name, then his last name wouldn't be Fushiguro. I was like, never mind. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, not to get like not to try to like give too much away and I'm spoiling something, but like that's I think it's implied that's supposed to be his father. In that scene yeah. specifically. Um yeah. because obviously that conversation on like the relationship between Toji and Megami comes up again later in this arc. But I'm not gonna I don't wanna like tell tell you how it happens because I don't wanna do that. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So you haven't seen any of the episodes? No, I'm waiting for all, all. I think it's like the first eight, right? I'm waiting for the all eight to like show up so I can just watch them all the way through. So because I already know what happens, you know? <laughs> that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I already know what happens. I've already lived through that trauma once. <laughs> I'm just going to, you know what I'm saying? For both arcs specifically, because it's just, yeah. I, How many episodes is this season going to be? Uh, I can't remember. I think it was like a first, first eight. Is it 12 or, or 24? Maybe 24 or like somewhere along those lines. I remember the first eight are going to be, yeah, it's 24. The first eight are going to be the hidden inventory arc, which is the one going on right now. Mm. I think is what it's called, hidden inventory. And then the next 16 are going to be the Shibuya arc. Oh, shit. I thought we were going to wait for the Shibuya arc. I don't know yeah. anything about it, but I just know people are like, oh, the Shibuya arc. Yeah, because when season one ends, like, uh, uh, Ghetto has that big speech where he's like, oh, uh, on the 31st of October in Shibuya, that's when we'll do, make our move or something like that. And that's mm-hmm. when when they when they do that, that that's going to be the next arc. But what they what they try to do with the hidden inventory arc is just kind of and with obviously JJK Zero is to kind of yeah. set up um, like timeline wise and set up like conflict wise why ghetto means so much to gojo mm. and how much uh ghetto is a catalyst in everything happening so far in jjk yeah essentially yeah, that makes so sense. so if you want to go like timeline wise it's hidden inventory arc jjk zero and then season one of jjk and then when season one of jjk ends then it starts the the shibu arc that makes is sense. uh is homeboy from zero gonna show up in uh, the Shibuya arc? I forgot his name. Yuta. Yes. No, he's not going to. Not, oh, what? Mm-mm. Not not in this one. Damn. There's a reason. There's a reason why he doesn't show up, and I can't. He's give he's that away. No, he's currently in a different country. I know that he is. Yeah, but also like he's a different country, and there's another reason on top of that like he's in a different country during season one yeah and 
obviously it's implied when they show him in one of the the OPs that that he's with Miguel in Africa. Yes. At the end of Zero, they they show him with Miguel. Yes. There's also another reason why Utah is not involved in the Shibuya incident. He's not there. And I can't explain that to you because it becomes – really important at the end of the Shibi arc. If that makes sense. Okay. <laughs> when the Shibi arc ends, no, sure. then it becomes a little more important. But was it was it Yuta supposed to be the main character? Didn't you explain that to me once? In a sense, yeah. I think the the cause JJK Zero is a one shot essentially. Yes. It started as a one shot. And it started as like Utah uh Utah as the main character of the one shot. And then when he finally got greenlit to make it a full series, instead of mm-hmm. making you to the main character, he switched and brought Yuji on, but yeah. just kept kept the lore of the original one shot and just made you to like a side character who's supposed to be at this point in time when season one is going on, supposed to be uh, as strong or like ju- the second to Gojo. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Cause yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Cause at the end of zero, they go crazy. Yeah. So yeah, he he Yuta does make an, uh, uh, appearances like later on in the story, but not in Shibuya. Cause they got it. Cause the way I guess the way Shibuya is set up, it's more so just like the all like an all hands on deck thing. Like if you're in the country of Japan, like you gotta go in to help. And at this point, Yuta's not there. So. Um, but yeah, so it's, I will say though, I'm excited for, to see the arc animated because there's a lot of cool things that happen and a lot of key points, um, a lot of characters that I enjoy that I, that I really enjoyed are showing up again that I think are do have a really big like impact on the story. And it's just, uh, I will say there's going to be a couple moments that I probably that, that are gonna happen that I probably think I'll probably be off of Twitter for that I might just not be on online for. Sure. Um, because I know the discourse <laughs> is gonna get real it's gonna be real nasty work on the timeline. Um so yeah, that's <laughs> that's basically where I'm at with that. But I think it's gonna be a really cool season. I'm waiting for all the episodes to pile up so I can just, you know, binge right through it because I already know what's happening manga wise. I, there was a point in time where I muted all the Chainsaw Man characters on Twitter, and I, I'm probably going to do the same for JJK. Yeah, you should. Because, I mean, I was so close to getting Chainsaw Man spoiled. I was like, no, no more. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, I wonder, you know, I do wonder when next season of Chainsaw Man is going to come out, because... That's Who fucking like knows, man? Every every new trailer I see is animated by Mappa. Okay, can we talk about that real quick? Uh, the new stuff that's been coming, out, like, but then kind of dropping, or like the yeah, new trailers. Yeah, Adult stuff? Adult Swim dropped a bunch of trailers. Adult, yeah, Adult Swim's going crazy. So you get Watanabe from Cowboy Bebop. You get the action director from the John Wick series, and you have. I guess the other writers on it, and you have this trailer for this show called Lazarus. And lo and behold, who's the director? Who's the studio producing it? 
fucking Studio Mappa. Mappa. <laughs> somebody, so I was looking at the comments. Bro, is somebody, it? No, go ahead. Is it? Is it Monster being animated by Mappa too? No, that's Madhouse. Oh, okay. Madhouse. Yeah, that's Madhouse. Yeah, no, the. Uh, well, I mean, even so, like Monster is an old title. I don't think when Monster was airing regularly, I don't think Mappa was even a studio at the time. But yeah. uh, somebody was in the comments of that trailer and was like, can we check on the Mappa employees? Because I swear to God, what is going on with them over there? Bro, they're doing everything. I mean, here's my thing, they, too. I know they we, have One Punch Man Season 3 now. Yeah. And here's my thing. And I and again we I think we talked about this too. I think the the overworking of you know animators and those studio members is a real thing. And I and I show sympathy and empathy for all that. I think mm-hmm. that the what I do think is happening over there though is that Mappa is such a big studio that they're taking smaller studio groups that have worked and, and- on projects and then just having them work on the title and then saying it's under this thing that map was producing it. It's, it's still crazy how much, and I'm not complaining because like Mappa is a great studio. They, they, they have a lot of hits and everything that they do. Well, you know, most of the things they do are animated very well. I'm not going to say everything. I don't know. I haven't seen everything they made, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, but it it is kind of crazy how much money and I guess how many employees they have because they're doing a fuck ton of shit, and I bet they're doing more shit that we don't even like know of. Yeah, like stuff that we haven't even thought about getting production yet. I just think yeah, it's just because when you think about um, Vinland Saga moving over to Mappa, right? People were so yeah, upset it was about the that. team from Wit. Yeah, it was the team from Wit Studios that worked on, uh, that worked on Vin Saga the entire time. But now, instead of being under Studio Wit, they were just with Studio Mappa. And honestly, like even the the animation style of from Mappa to Wit when it came to Vin Saga didn't change too much. I think like the only show that had a big drastic change in like style was, was Attack, Attack on Titan. Titan. Yeah, Attack on Titan. Which, I don't know, hot take. I kind of like the OG style a little more. I don't know. Yeah, I did. I liked uh, Wit style a little bit better than. I don't. I don't. I don't dislike the new style. But I do like. I don't know. I kind of like the thicker lines and the more expressive faces a little better. Yeah, 100%. I think the. Those are, yeah, the, 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 that that style, especially because it was, that's like the style where a lot of the big moments in the show happen. And then yeah. you kind of get to the new seasons where the animation change can be jarring at times, especially when they bring in the, the CG Titans, which I don't dislike. I'm just saying. Yeah, they, they don't look, know? they don't look bad. Because I will say they do the, the colossal, the big titans, the Mappa versions are way better than the Wit versions. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Bertold's, uh, Bertold's colossal titan Wit style looks ugly as hell. 
Yeah. <laughs> it looks ugly as hell. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like it's just, I do think that smaller groups of studios that might be working other places are brought on and just under MAPPA. And then that's how we get so many MAPPA projects. I think that's how I, it's working. I, I wonder why they do that though. Cause like, I don't know. It's kind of cool to just see different studio names, you know? Yeah. I, 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 I'm not sitting here and saying, I know the landscape of the Japanese animation, uh, you know, uh, business, but it's like almost kind of monopolizing in a way. It's kind of weird. Right. Yeah. You get like, just like if one time, if one group is making every single thing, it's like, okay, like, you know, I, what is other, what other studios are dropping stuff? You know, like, that's why it's like, it's fine that they're not stealing people's work. They're just taking the people that worked on the thing and then putting them under their roof. But it's kind of like, I don't know. It's, it, it feels weird. I, yeah. I like I like the fact that like when I'm watching Zom 100 and the end of the opening it says bug films and then yes. and then you watch uh Gundam and it's uh Sunrise and then okay Attack on Titan is Mappa or JJK is Mappa um and then you watch anything else uh, or Spy Family it's Wit and Cloverworks like I don't know it's it's a little bit it looks more like competition Yes, yeah, 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 100%. And I think just seeing which studios bring what to the table is fun to talk yeah. about. Like, yes, as yes. much as we as much as we shit on Go Hands, like, it's still, like, it's still a, a new, a, a different production company that's putting stuff out, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's not, it's, because it'd be weird if we're like, oh, did you see what MAPPA Team 3 did? It's like, it's better than what MAPPA Team 5 did. Yeah. It's like, oh, like... But like I said, I don't know... No, yeah, go ahead. I don't know anything about the landscape of the business. So maybe it's fine. Maybe they're giving more chances to, like, the Vinland Saga team because Wit was focusing on something else. But I don't know. Again, it just looks from a consumer perspective just like eh. yeah and i mean just probably being speculative here it could potentially be a situation where um those groups are work more on a freelance basis than just under a specific studio that makes sense too and so maybe you know this group of 20 which is probably more than that but like say this for example a group of 20 animators writers director and director right work under Wit Studio as uh, on Vinland Saga. And then when Vinland Saga's over, Wit Studio goes, you yeah, know, it, it would it's gonna take a while for us to make a second season. And so MAPPA decides to pick up the rights to it. And they go, hey, well you guys were freelancing with Wit under the under this Vinland Saga project. Do you want to just continue that over with MAPPA? And obviously like MAPPA has their own specific like animation style, animation aesthetic when it comes to what they produce because it's very like movie-like and rigid and, and a lot of the movements try to mimic real life, you know? Sure. I think that's what like, they're going for for a lot with a lot of their stuff. So especially when it comes, like, because you look at Villain Saga for a good example, like you get the, the fights are a lot more, 
I wouldn't say realistic, but they're they seem more cinematic, if anything. Sure. Like the, yeah. like the fights, the fights in with the wit, um, within like wit or whatever, just seemed more. I don't know. Not when I say cartoonish, I don't mean that in a bad way. You know, like a lot of those uh, fights, like seemed, more expressive or yes, something. Yes, it seems more expressive. But when you get like a Bappa style of the fight between Snake and Thorfinn, it's uh, a lot more cinematic, and there's a lot more tension in the the facial features and stuff like that. A lot more, I don't know, just different kind of shots and direction when it comes to that stuff. Oh my, yeah, I, I for I just remember they do Hell's Paradise too. Like they do a fuck ton of shit. Yeah. Here's the one. Here's the one thing though that I will give map. Like I said, everything they do is animated well. And the thing I I really like about them is that they the art style is different in everything they do. And it looks good because some people on the internet, and we've talked about this before, anime meme pages have to fucking go. They all suck. <laughs> uh, I remember someone did a, it was like, if these anime were animated by MAPPA. Oh my God, I hate that so much. And then and then they put uh, Dororo, but, you know, with the shading of Attack on Titan. Yes. And then people in the replies were like, that was already done by MAPPA. Yeah, you literally. You freaking idiot. Yeah, like... <sighs> That's really annoying. I forgot they did Kakigurui too. Yeah, but but even still, with within having a different art style, there are some things that are that are going to stay the same when it comes to a Mappa project. Yes, yes. Like like you, it makes complete sense what you said with the the. It looks a little bit more cinematic. Mm-hmm. They they do have, and that's why that's why I say they have a lot of money because they have enough money to pump into these projects to make them look movie quality. Yes. Which is like, again, cool. But from a, from my perspective as a consumer, I want to see a little bit more different studios. And maybe that's a me thing. Maybe I should watch more anime. You never know. Yeah, it could be it too. I just think, you know, you get one thing and I do agree with you, like seeing a different studio and what they have to bring to the table is always fun. Like I was always super intrigued with what Madhouse would bring Studio Bones, when it came to like Fire Force and My Hero Academia, uh, Cloverworks with all their like anime original stuff, um, Bug Films is big. I know I talked about it last episode, just coming out with bangers. Two of the shows that I'm currently watching in this anime season are made by Bug Films. Uh, and for you wholesome people, Comey can't communicate. It's good, right? It's good. Comey can't communicate. Gundam Witch for Mercury. Undead Girl Murder Farce and Zom 100. So it's just like, you know, like they're, they, they're doing big things over there. And then you get real good quality with Studio Wit and uh, with, you know, Ranking the Kings um, and like the stuff they did with that. And then, then you get the MAPPA titles where you're like, oh, this is really cool. What's crazy though is like all of those other titles, all those other production studios, you know, a lot of the times when they do uh, their action scenes, they seem a lot more cartoonish, which is not a bad thing. I don't I, No, It's not a bad thing. I, when I say that, I, when I say cartoonish, I don't mean it in a, in a negative connotation. 
it's it's definitely like what you said earlier with the comedy thing you got to kind of fit the the bill of the show yeah like if i'm watching gundam fight i'm I'm never gonna watch a big robot fight it doesn't have to be realistic exactly right you know like aot could go either way you know you could have the like all those fights with the wit style seem a lot more cartoonish but look cool as fuck but you also get the cool fights with the mappa style and they all look somewhat realistic in their movements and how they go like the levi versus beast titan fight where levi goes fucking beyblade on on him the entire for like a good like two three minutes right that fight in a map that if it was produced by MAPPA, it would look totally different. Yeah. It would look a lot more realistic as opposed to the wit style where Levi is really like moving around so fast that he's not even a figure. It's just a bunch of white like slashes going through the through his arm. You know what I'm saying? It just looks a lot more cartoonish, which mm-hmm. is fine because it, it still makes for a great moment. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But but yeah, just it's it's honestly crazy how much MAPPA is like Dude. involved in stuff. It, I I was looking up the map, uh, like what they've done because to to remember which anime got compared to Attack on Titan, um, bro, Mappa's only eleven years old. Their first thing was in twenty twelve with Shinchiro Watanabe. Oh wow, what was it? Kids on a slope. Oh, I didn't know that. Shinjiro Watanabe, he does a, he does a lot with them. He has a lot, and I think you know. I hope with this new story with Lazarus, I hope he does a thing. I hope he does a pulls a Carol in Tuesday, and says that the story fits somewhere in the Cowboy Bebop universe. Because <laughs> that would be really be, cool. <laughs> that'd be awesome. That'd be really cool. He did. Yeah, man. He did. oh shit, he did do the Animatrix. Yeah, I thought I I remember him doing that. Yeah. Oh shit, man! This guy, this guy's fire. Yeah. He did. Oh, he did. Wait, what's Blade Runner Blackout? That's not the shitty Blade Runner anime, is it? Is the one that's 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 like helps out with that's a co's co-produced with Adult Swim? Because if it's if it's that one, then yeah, that's the bad one. No, no, this one has music by Flying Lotus. Haven't how have I never seen this? <laughs> I haven't seen it either. I have no I have no clue what that is. No, okay, so Blade Runner Black Lotus was the Adult Swim one. Okay, yeah. This one is it's called Blade Runner Blackout 2022. What 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 is it streaming on? Um The short is one of three short films that came out with the with the sequel of Blade Runner. Oh, that's pretty cool. Hmm. I think uh, I have an idea for our next. It's on Crunchyroll episode. It's on Crunchyroll. It's on Crunchyroll. Yeah. I think I have our theme for our next. Uh, our next themed episode. <laughs> watch all the Blade Runner short films. No, watch watch all Shinshiro Watanabe productions. <laughs> Honestly, that's more doable than the video game one. Facts. He he's done a lot, but it's like not that much. Yeah, I don't think he's he's a, like it's not anything super. None of his, none of the stuff is gonna be super crazy to where like they're all like really daunting tasks to watch. Like, I, I'm looking at all his works. 
he he worked on Sonny Boy. He was just a music advisor. Which he killed. Because yeah. the soundtrack to that show is fucking awesome. It's amazing, yeah. <laughs> uh, Lupin the Third. He was a music producer for that. Wow, he does a lot of music, too. Makes sense. Yeah, I think we should just probably stick to the ones he's directed. Just, to get, just so we don't go down this crazy rabbit One, hole. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. He's only directed eight. Eight shows. Eight shows and one, two, three, four, five, six. And then six movies. But Blade Runner Blackout is a short. Uh, the thing he did on Animatrix is, is just one part of the movie. It's not the whole thing. Yeah. He's fire. Yeah, that one seems a lot more doable. I want to... I wanna... Everyone always talks about... Uh... Oh my god, I forgot his name. Who's the mangaka for for JoJo? Oh my god, it's not Araki, is it? It is Araki. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone always talks about Araki's love for like Western music. Yeah, but th- this guy, this guy kind of has one too. Yeah, yeah. Cause you see it with a lot of like the titles that he's done, like. Not necessarily in a music capacity, even in a director capacity, just the influence of jazz or just like the Western influence of jazz or just hip hop music, you know what I'm saying? Stuff like that. Just bringing in those, those elements. Yeah, dude. Fucking Samurai Champloo. This is just hip hop. Couple of beep with jazz. Carolyn Tuesday with, uh, you know, they're just kind of like a mix of things. It's a mix of, of things. It's like, it's basically a, a movie about the music industry or a show about the music industry. Even Space Dandy. Space Dandy is very much Western. It, it doesn't have that much to do with music like Champloo or, or Bebop, but it's very much like the main character himself is a, that's an American guy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, you can make that argument. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. Um, but yeah, I think that one's probably a lot more doable. Uh, so yeah, I think that one's going to be cool. I think just the, the releases that we got so far, those three trailers from Adult Swim, like they're, they're starting to kind of pop into the, obviously they've already, they've always been a mainstay anime wise, just with having, you know, Toonami or whatever. And then Adult Swim having like airing, uh, anime episodes like really late into the night like th- from like 3 a.m to like 5 6 a.m like airing anime all the time and then now they've got they've gotten their hand into like pro- co-producing some shows and stuff which i think is really cool like obviously we haven't watched that shenmue one yet but it's still obviously on our list to watch because we want to try to do that video game anime mm-hmm. uh video at some point in time even though it's super daunting to do we'd have to take off like Maybe like a whole month before we make an episode just to do that. Um, but yeah, like the, I think it's just, yeah, We're, that's going to be a, a, an idea that we, that we uh, have to execute for real, for real. <laughs> oh, the, are you going to watch? So I got confirmation that the, one of those um, trailers for Uzumaki is a late 2023 release. I'm I'm there day one. <laughs> and the animation style looks cool. 
It does. It does. I'm th- bro. I'm there day one. <laughs> you know, I don't. I don't read manga. I've read his manga. Yeah. So I'm fucking. I'm there, and if if it comes out in October, I'm there. <laughs> what I think the. I think we talked about this when they first announced like a teaser for it, right? Bro, they announced a teaser for it like two years ago. Yeah, when they announced the teaser for it, I was like, oh, that's cool. And then you see like a visual from it and they're using the black and white, a black mm-hmm. and white aesthetic and not mm-hmm. making it in color, which I think makes it more scary. Mm-hmm. I think it makes it way more scary. Yeah. I don't know if, have you read any of his stuff? I have not. I just, it's, I'm not a big horror person. Um, The only... It's weird. The only horror title that I've ever actually read for real is Promise Neverland. And I don't even really call that a horror title. Even though like it's under the horror genre and it's there are stuff thrilling. in it. It's a thriller. It's a thriller. Like there's some stuff in there that's genuinely kind of scary. That's as far as I'll go when it comes to like horror or whatever. So I've I've read Uzumaki. I've read the uh the holes one i i I forget the names the ones where they're the body shaped holes in the mountain yeah Uh, let me see i've read i've read that the one with the head balloons yeah let me see the what is what is that name so it's it's all they're all junji ito yeah yeah Um, oh i i read the one where people turn into like like cockroaches or something that one's crazy yeah so there's uh, Tomi, T O M I E. There's that one. Then there's Uzumaki. I, I hope Tomi ends up getting animated. That'd be pretty cool too. I just know. I just know Uzumaki is the 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 more the most famous one. Yeah. So you have Uzumaki. You have Tomi. He's written a lot. Jeez. He's written. So there's Uzumaki. Uh, Shiver, um, Junji Ito's Cat Diary. What the heck is that? Venus in the Blind Spot, Remnia, Tomi, Dissolving Classroom, Fragments of Horror, um, uh, Gyo, No Longer Human. This is just crazy. And they're all, and they're like what's crazy is like they're all very much just very chilling titles. Like they're all just like super fucking scary. Yeah. He's awesome. Yeah. It's just, I love his stuff. I think there's, uh, I can't remember the other mangaka, but there's like, it's funny. You look at the, there's like a dynamic of like two mangakas. You get, there's Junji Ito and there's somebody else. I think the other guy I'm thinking of, he makes a lot of like more happy and bright titles and stuff like that. A lot of his works are very like happy go lucky, but he himself is like very depressed. And then you get Junji Ito, who writes about just very dark shit. And he's just, you know, everything's doom and gloom and very, like, visceral and cold. But he's, like, the happiest person on earth. He's like, yeah. he, like, loves cats and shit. Yeah. <laughs> and they compare it to uh, uh, Hayao Miyazaki. That's who it is. Who yeah. Who is, like, such a hard ass, apparently. He's very much like, if you fuck up, he. There's a, a, a f- f- famous quote from him. 
that he's like, this is this is a, a disgrace to all animation. You should be sorry. He walked out of his son's first movie. I remember you. T- I think you said that on the podcast too. I saw that movie, and it's not good. <laughs> what was it called again? It's it's a Ghibli movie, but it's 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 based off a book. It is so boring. <laughs> Ghibli, some the sea, something like that, or not ocean waves, man. I remember I we a few of my friends tried watching it because we were like, oh, this looks pretty cool. I yeah, kind of never heard of it. And bro, halfway through the movie, we were like, you want to watch Porco Rosso? Because it was so boring. Well, that's, hold I, on, to, I guess look up like the wind. No, the wind rises high on Miyazaki. Mm-hmm. It's go- tales from Earth Sea, oh, which sounds yeah, that sounds sick. And it's based off a fantasy book, and the cover has a dragon on it, and it's like whoa, boring, boring. <laughs> boring. That sucks. And and it was Hayao Miyazaki's son's first film. That's tough. <laughs> Which I don't think, I don't think Goro Miyazaki makes good films. Which sucks. Like the son doesn't make any good films. Because he he also did Earwig and the Witch, and I've heard Earwig and the Witch is bad. Nepotism, man, it's crazy. What about from up? On Poppy Hill, this one ha- he has to be at least a little bit good, right? <laughs> he's made what well, he's he's made like three or four movies. One of them has to be good. From Up on Poppy Hill, received generally positive reviews. Good, seven point <laughs> one out of ten. Okay, we'll take those. <laughs> we'll take those. Wow, the next film after Tales from Earthsea was Ponyo. So not only was it boring. The next movie Ghibli released was Peak. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, 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 100%. That's I love I think Ponyo's my favorite Ghibli movie. I love Ponyo. I think it's still going to be Spirited Away for me regardless. I've just seen Spirited it so Away is great, but I love Ponyo so much. <laughs> I think it's it's either going to be Spirited Away or Howl's Moving Castle for me. Cuz I don't know, those are the two movies that I remember watching as a child and not on well, one, not knowing they were anime and also just being like, all oh, these movies are phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. Like it was so funny. I remember the first time I saw spirit away, it was, I was in like seventh grade and it was like a, a couple days before school was out. And so we didn't have anything to do that day. So we had like a free day. So I'm just in my teacher's classroom and she puts on spirit away. <laughs> and we're just like, Oh, what is this movie? This movie looks cool. But, um, but yeah, yeah, that's uh, the okay. The Adult Swim movie stuff. So the Uzumaki thing's coming out. Really cool. I'm definitely excited to see that. I might actually watch that one, even though I'm not big into horror. I might watch that one. Uh, and then uh, this like Ninja Revenge story that's coming out. The trailer for that one looks pretty cool. Really bloody. Isn't it called? Isn't it called Violence? It was called like Ninja something, wasn't it? Or why did I think it was called Violence? What was it called? Ninja something. Ninja Kamui. Yeah, it says... Ooh. Okay, because the... 
the uh, the tweet that I sent you, it said Ninja Combo looks like pure violence in all caps. That's probably why you thought it said That's that. why. <laughs> so it says Sung Hoo Park, director of JJK Season 1, JJK Zero, and the writer slash illustrator of Afro Samurai. And oh, wow. Oh. Yeah, that, this one might be kind of heat, low key. It's with the blonde guy, right? Yeah. So Yeah, so, yeah, it looks sick. Yeah. Sungu Park directed JJK season one and JJK Zero. And then Takashi o- Okazaki. He's the writer slash illustrator of Afro Samurai. Which, if you haven't Ooh. seen it, Afro Samurai is bloody with a yeah. capital B. <laughs> bloody. And also it's a pretty solid story. Um one of my favorite VA performances is Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson. My favorite VA performances from anybody. If there's one person I would love, like if we ever get big enough, if there's one celebrity I would love to have on this podcast, it would have to be Sam. Samuel it's it's L. Jackson. Sam. <laughs> because, That'd be a fun time. Because I, I'll never forget the Wired interview. The Samuel L. Jackson like anime. Yes, I do. Hentai too. <laughs> <laughs> like, bro, I would love to just pick his brain apart about anime. It doesn't have to be hentai. I just right. that clip is that clip is just super funny. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, but yeah, so that's pretty much all I really had for today. You do you have any musical recommendations? Um, I mean, for anyone that's interested. John Bellion released his version of a Switchfoot song. <laughs> Man. That was not what I was expecting at all. Not at all. But it's is John Bellion, so it's you know, it's fire. Yeah, because like the that song, What Meant to Live by Switchfoot, right? It's it's one of those songs that you kind of just I didn't know it was by them. You know what I'm saying? It's one of those songs you kind of hear so often. And you're like, oh, I know that song. I just don't know who makes it. You know? Yeah. I, I mean, I knew because I grew up going to, like, Catholic schools and Christian schools. Yeah. So they're like, it's 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 a song about Jesus. And I'm like, okay, I guess. I don't know. I Yeah, I guess. Uh, But, yeah, like, I mean, obviously, I, I grew up in a predominantly white environment. And so the... <laughs> That song has, has come on so many times. I just don't know who it is, but I just, I've always loved the song, you know, just never knew who, who made it. And so when he was like, oh yeah, I'm co- John Bellion, like post a Instagram post going, yeah, I'm covering one of my favorite songs of all time, Mentally by Switchfoot. And I go, I have no clue what this song is. And then he, the, the, like the orchestral, like instruments come in and he starts singing the song and I go, I do the, the fucking the fucking Leo DiCaprio meme. Where I'm pointing. It's like, oh, okay, I know what that song is now. It. I had a really funny reaction to this because I he starts singing and I'm like, oh, this song is whack. But then I, I I remember the original version and I'm like, nah, this song is fire. <laughs> yeah, 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 I do think taking a different approach to it was um, pretty cool because I can't I can't see John Bellion singing on any kind of alternative guitar and drums i with, can't see him the, doing that 
with the breakdown. I can't. Yeah, I can't see. I can't see him. Uh, I can't see him singing on that. Like not even close. Um, so him changing it to more of a or orchestral setting made more sense, especially where he's where he's at uh, musically in his career. Because you think, cause, yeah. I don't know if it's still up on his profile, but if you look at his IG profile and he has that one song, uh, the demo tape, like Fallen, and it's all yeah. like, it's electronic, but it's like electronic, but sounds more orchestral in its approach. So I was like, I was like, okay, it makes more sense that he's not on heavy drums and guitar for this song, but uh, it's still a great song regardless. And I have, I have one message specifically for him i know you just released a cover if you don't if if john john mr john billion if you don't want to make music if you just want to keep writing music for other people that's fine i'm still listen i'm a fan my fucking one of my favorite songs of this year is walls by the jonas brothers because it just sounds like a john billion song um but release clyde at least let lawrence make music I know you write music with him, and it's great. He's awesome. Don't trap him. <laughs> I need one of you guys to make music. No, literally. Somebody, please. <laughs> and uh, besides that, did you hear uh, Healy dropped a song with Cautious Clay? He did? And it's 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 awesome. Oh, my gosh. There's like two. It's like Cautious Clay one of my favorite artists of all time. My favorite artists of all time. So I'm definitely going to find that. I did not know that they made yeah. a song. That's fire. Um, I guess for me, obviously, yeah, the John Bellion song, loved it. Uh, my girl, Snow Allegra, uh, dropped a song, Be My Summer. Super smooth, super smooth track. Like that one. Um, where is my... Oh. So obviously... I'm not super involved in the UK drill uh, scene or anything like that, but I will give a song credit if I like the song. Uh, Central C and Dave, the song is Sprinter. The song goes crazy. <laughs> the song goes crazy. Central C is fire, man. He's good, man. I just think the, you know, the, the American audience might not take to it as much as other people would. But and I guess it's just like the overall cadence and style, you know. Nah, you know who you know who you gotta listen to, for real. Who is it? Unknown, unknown P. Unknown P. Doing a tennis, doing a Venice, I'm a menace. Have you seen I've, that? Yes, I've seen that. Yes, <laughs> doing up shots like M. Sharapova. Ah, oh he's God. so funny. That's the same. That's the same guy who interviewed Issa Rae and made her say, uh, "My coochie pink, my booty hole Dude, brown." Oh my god, that joke is hilarious. Yeah, that was that's that guy. him. That's him. Yeah, I think, he's hilarious. I think in the replies they put that video of his like Tim Westwood freestyle. <laughs> Unknown P. It's hilarious. I, okay, yeah, it is. I remember him, but uh, I think it's now that I'm thinking about it because of. Because the overall music scene and the overall, like I guess, music aesthetic of late, you know, you get the 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 New York drill and the UK drill, pretty much similar, but just I guess like the the way 
the different artists in each lane kind of flow is going to be different. Although it's going to be, it's, the beads are going to be the exact same. It's just a lot. It's like a sample with a couple really deep uh, 808s and a shit ton of hi-hats. <laughs> I don't know why. I'm just, I'm a little more partial to UK drill. Same. I don't know why. I am too. Have you seen that clip of Danny Brown saying like, why do all the New York drill rappers sound like Batman? <laughs> bro, and he goes bro you 17 you don't sound like that oh you know like the the, the new york like accent and they just drop it like eight octaves it's nuts it's like what the fuck um and i don't know i don't know what it is about my 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 there's the the caucus side of my mind really likes it when the uk guys drop the jamaican accent just sounds good oh like, like, <laughs> sounds oh, like fire. use like the certain phrases for that yeah, 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 yeah. just fire oh yeah no it's always gonna be fire and then you think about funny enough though you know how we talked about drake a couple episodes ago and yeah. how like artistically he would need to change something up combination <laughs> hey <laughs> dude oh that freestyle was fire it was good i'm telling you now like if drake decided to just venture over to uk drill i wouldn't be mad at it because low-key that style of his is not bad it wasn't that that the freestyle he did for anyone who hasn't heard it it's look it up it's him and, and central c it's really good like genuinely like genuinely if if drake gave me like eight tracks of him rapping on uk drill i wouldn't be mad i'd I I genuinely I, like that same, <laughs> same here I genuinely would enjoy that. Before we leave, you know, shout out Kev on stage. What's your favorite kind of fried rice? And it's the clip of Drake going combination. Combination. <laughs> <laughs> I told, I literally told you. I said that that clip was gonna get run to the ground. Like I, I can't tell you how many, if I had a dollar for every time I saw it so far in the past two days, it's nuts. Like, and it's always the same thing. It's like, what kind of chicken do you want? Or how do you want your rice? Or how do you want this combination? <laughs> Ch- uh, Chun Li winning top eight in Evo combination. combination. <laughs> it was like Goku and Vegeta losing to Broly combination. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! It's so dumb. Oh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's, that's okay. I'm 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 done. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's pretty much it. Um. So I guess when this episode comes out, it'll be about time to go to DreamCon and hope to see everybody there. Uh, if you do listen to the podcast, come say what's up. Uh, we're going to be looking for people. I'm going to be you know, searching out some of my mutuals, saying what's up to them and linking up with some people. Hopefully we can uh, you know, make some new connections while we're, while we're down there in Texas. So, um, but yeah, that's been everything from us. I've been Nostalgia. Asto by Zoe. See you guys next time. Peace. Peace.